please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. It is May 28th, and this is episode 6 of our show. Let me begin the show by welcoming the Monorail co-pilots that are with me today. We have a full house on my left. Me. And who's me? McKenna. And then beside McKenna? Garrett. And? Samantha. And I am, of course, Justin. Welcome back, folks. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I know we're having a good time doing it, and so I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us, whether it's Monday morning or any time during the week. Didn't it kind of feel like we just did the Mickey Mouse Club? <laughs> Remember whenever that show came on a long time ago, and they come out and they do like a little dance, and then they go, Brittany! <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Oh, I just watched a video of some of the people from that did a thing where they're adults now. Yeah, Justin Timberlake was in the Mickey Mouse Club. And he well, was Mickey, in it. He was a part of the thing. The yeah. original Mickey Mouse Club started in like, what, the 50s? So yeah, yeah there's a lot I of those people that are... I did a report on the original <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club, so... Ah! It's, it's not just kids that uh, very grew up in front of our eyes. They're uh, people that could be our grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Well, parents, maybe. Yeah, Grandparents parents. for you. Um, the young ones. In You're old. Days. That's right, we are. <laughs> um... So, we are recording on Sunday, May 27th, and today it is finally here. It is Star Wars Galactic Nights at Disney's Hollywood Studios. If you are one of the lucky ones that are going to be attending the Star Wars Galactic Nights, or you already have at this point, first of all, you suck. I'm very jealous of you. You stink. Super jealous. But really, I heard that it was rainy this morning in Orlando. I hope that it's cleared up and, and it ended up being a nice night. I would love to hear from some of you if you did get a chance to go to Star Wars Galactic Nights. Really would love to know how that experience was for you, what you did, what were your favorite things, what were things you might have changed. Did you eat anything? What'd you eat? What yeah. did you eat? I'm interested in the food. Hot dog. Hot, of course. You <laughs> a would galactic, eat a hot dog. A galactic hot dog. So, yeah, just reach out to us. I'd love to hear about that. And if you wanted to come on and chat about it, I'd welcome that as well. And you know how to reach us, at Morning Monorail on Twitter, MondayMorningMonorail at gmail.com. Yep. The other thing that wrapped up, actually today, is the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. So, Oh, we missed it. Yeah, we did. Shame, but that's okay. We'll get a chance again next year. Yeah. As May is coming to a close, I decided that today would be a good day to do the June preview. You know, we did the May preview after May had already started. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think we'll try to start doing these previews at the begin or at the end of the month as we lead into the next month. I so, think that'd be good. Yeah. So just a few things. Actually, there are no special events that are going on aside from the things we talked about that are associated with the incredible summer. We talked about those things last show. Yeah. No other events going on in the month of June. I think Disney knows people are going to be coming to the parks. They don't really need to do anything special through the summer months. But it's so hot and steamy there in June. And it doesn't stop the crowds. Ugh. And you get like a little burst of rain for 10 minutes and then it stops and your hair is frizzy and you're sweating to death. Yeah, yeah. but they have those fans where they spray water on you and they move. Well, because fans move. <laughs> this is a weird... <laughs> They oscillate. Oscillate. Whoosh. All right. Fan. Oh, my God. Got You're those a fan all of the around. fans? Yeah, I am a big fan of the fans because yep. they're all around the park. So no special events for June, but we do have some refurbishments going on that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we already mentioned the Magic Kingdom. The only thing that's under refurb right now is the Liberty Square Riverboat, and that is going to go on until July 19th. Over at Epcot, the Kringla Bakery Og Cafe is still shut down, and that'll open at the end of this month, June 30th. Um, actually, the last thing I saw is the end date is not confirmed. Um, the location is apparently supposed to be expanded, 
And there is a temporary bakery location that's going to open up in the World Showcase while this refurbishment's going on. Is there something at this bakery that people are like, no, why is it shut down? Well, maybe, and maybe that's why they're trying to open up this other location to kind of address that. I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I, I need to look at the menu. At the bakery. Yeah, what is it that we're missing out at this bakery? Hmm. Reach out and tell us. Tell us. Yeah. Um, Toy Story Midway Mania is still going to, well, actually, it's going to go down from June 11th to June 18th in the studios, and this closure is really in preparation of the opening of Toy Story Land, so they're moving the entrance of the attraction to Toy Story Land instead of Pixar Place. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and nothing shut down in Animal Kingdom. Ooh. Yeah. All the birds get to fly around wherever they want. (laughs) That's right. Free (laughs) flying birds. (laughs) It, you know, you ever think about, like, birds that might accidentally fly into the, like, Kilimanjaro safaris where they, <laughs> where there's, like, predators walking around? And they're like, holy crap, I thought I was in Florida. What is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about something that we, we didn't get a chance to talk to last week because we just kind of ran out of time for it. But I know it's something that you're excited about. And (laughs) what could it possibly be related to? This is a Disney Springs update. So there's a place called Wine Bar George that opened up May 19th. Oh, yeah. And this restaurant, it's really accredited to Master Sommelier George Miliotes. And he's bringing his... He sounds fancy. He probably likes fancy wine. Mm -hmm. That's right. He's bringing his wine expertise to Disney Springs. And with this new venture, it started at some normal hours on May 20th, and the wine list at this restaurant is huge. It has 130 wines, Ooh. and you can get them by the ounce, glass, or bottle. Do they have grape juice? Well, mm. yes, they technically do have but grape like, juice. But like virgin grape juice. <laughs> virgin, you mean non-fermented? <laughs> virgin grape juice. <laughs> now, how about just you get a glass of just grapes? Well, that's mm, drink yeah, up. That's like the, <laughs> the wine prequel, a yeah. glass full of grapes. That sounds really cool. I'm I'm up for that. Yeah, and for grapes. There's going to be what I took from the uh, the article that I was reading is the list will include more than forty varietals. What from, from regions around <laughs> the world? That's fancy talk. Mm-hmm. Varietals. <laughs> and they're going to aptly pair. A range of small plates, cheeses, and charcuterie. Cheeses. Mm, cheese. Shareable entrees and desserts with each wine. I mean, this sounds like it'd be a, a nice evening for adults to try some varieties of wines, and get some good food. me to try some varieties of cheese. Exotic cheeses. That's right. The cheeses. And apparently they're going to they're gonna kind of rotate the menu seasonally. So That's rotate cool. It sounds cheese. really interesting. Um, sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, it's just another one of those uh, great locations that they've opened up in Disney Springs now. There's so much to choose from. I don't know how, if you were planning a special night out at Disney Springs, how you'd even narrow it down to decide where you're going to go. I guess it would depend on maybe the occasion and the group. Yeah. It's a, it's a grape location. There you go. It's a grape <laughs> location. That's right. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That'll catch us up. That makes us current. That was the only thing we missed last time. So, a big announcement this last week. Okay. From the Disney Parks blog. They officially confirmed that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will open summer of 2019, 2019 in Disneyland and late fall 2019 in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Woo! Yeah, so a little later than I expected, actually. I thought they were going to try to maybe shoot for May, um, since May is kind of Star Wars month. Yeah. And they usually do, like, the Galactic Nights is happening in May. That's when they used to always do Star Wars weekends. They'd kick it off in May. I really thought that they'd shoot for that, but apparently... I have a question. Have you guys seen the video where it shows what it's supposed to look like there, and it's kind of... It's a recreation of what they want, and then you see, like... TIE fighters flying in the sky and stuff. Are they going to have TIE fighters flying in the sky there? I don't think they're going to have any TIE fighters flying around unless they've got some drones that they could maybe make it look like they're flying around. But uh... Even if they were a mini, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> I was thinking, whenever I was watching it, I was thinking, what are they going to do? Like, stick wires everywhere they and could... then have these little like things go... Well, they have Mary Poppins. They could release yeah, so they could thousands. do a Mary Poppins type thing, but with TIE fighters. Just sitting they in one spot going up and down. Thousands of, yes. um, of birds dressed up as like <laughs> TIE fighters. 
Can you imagine the poo? Like, well, they're like bombing holding, you. <laughs> holding a piece of bread, and then a TIE fighter comes and steals your bread. They, yeah. <laughs> Maybe more appropriately, they could dress the birds as resistance bombers, like from The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would probably work better. One of the things that started, or is starting as part of the Incredible Summer is that we mentioned that you're going to have some character interactions um, in the parks. Basically, the Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom in, in Orlando is kind of being turned into this incredible expo kind of thing, and you and there's like an Incredibles dance party, and you get to meet some you know characters that you don't normally get to meet. And they've got special food we learned about this week, which yeah. includes a bacon cheeseburger that has mozzarella sticks on it. Mozzarella sticks on a burger? I know. I would. What? I would try it. I don't Absolutely. think I could. That sounds really painful. Sounds that delicious. Sounds weird. I'm all about it. Anyway. Of course, great food offerings along with some interesting things. But one of the things I wanted to mention is that we, we talked about it before. The, for the first time ever, you get to meet Edna Mode. Ah, That's hey, I saw a lady and she was driving her car and she definitely looked like Edna Mode. <laughs> I wanted to be like, hey, but she was like, what a weirdo. <laughs> So that's okay. You should have we done it. We anyway. think that now. Yeah. So <laughs> should have done it. Whatever. She really looked like her. Starting Memorial Day weekend, you're actually going to get to meet Edna Mode as part of the incredible summer celebration. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's it's neat when they bring in kind of new characters you haven't got to meet before, especially when they're part of like special events like this. So it is going to be kind of a a special thing. I'm jealous. Speaking of characters, you get to meet for special um, events and things. I wish that you could meet Groot. Yeah, oh, uh, and they do. I know they've done it at Disneyland um, a couple of times. I don't know that he's ever appeared at Disney World, but I'd That'd like. Cool. To, I'd like to meet Groot. I would like to meet Rocket, the yes. raccoon, because raccoons J- are superior they animals. Could just dress up a raccoon. <laughs> Call him a rabbit. Garrett's so yes. all about just dressing up real animals and just <laughs> hoping for the best that it's gonna, <laughs> that it's going to work out. Well, your Rocket character would be digging have... through all the trash cans in the park. <laughs> we can paint a bear people. yellow and say that it's. Pooh bear just <laughs> release into the park. It's put actually a, a polar bear. Put a speaker on its back and make it say "honey" all the time. <laughs> oh, release it, please. <laughs> no, release it's just a, tiger into a the text to speech voice. Please give honey. Yeah, I don't think this is a great idea. No, the tiger and the bear will be friends, so we should release them both at the same time into the park. They into would have like an epic animal battle. You know what they should have done? They should have made a boat with Baloo, and you ride on his belly as you go through. <laughs> you know, like uh, Jungle Book. Okay, well, I thought it was a great idea. That's not a bad idea. Why not? Release, you could sing. You, could you sing can ride on a bear, like mm-hmm. a real bear. <laughs> Your mogwai is that Mog- all it's all <laughs> <laughs> What's a mogwai? Oh, that's from Gremlins. <laughs> What's a mogwai? Mowgli. 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 Mowgli? Uh, <laughs> you can be a mogwai. No, it's you not. You can't get mogwai wet. That's the problem. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> they multiply. You would be Mowgli yeah. on Baloo's belly. Mowgli. I don't know that your guys, you guys have a future in Imagineering if you keep coming up with ways to release dangerous animals into the parks. Uh, but Birds are not dangerous. You can put dangerous. them on a leash. It's fine. Like, yeah, like a dog out. leash, it'll, it'll work. Sure. You yeah. want to be one of the handlers of the live bears or tigers that you're walking No, no, with? no. The guests get to handle the animals. Oh, no. That'd be even worse. Well. Anyways. Get him, Pooh Bear. Speaking of ideas that'll get the park shut down forever. Let's move on from these terrible ideas. Um, the other thing that we found out this week is they announced dates for the 2018 International Festival of the Holidays at Epcot. And this seasonal event will run from November 18th through December 30th and features a lot of the same elements from the previous years. Um, One of the big things is that as you go through the various countries in the World Showcase, they have storytellers uh, from each one of the countries that tell you about what the holidays are like for each one of the countries. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So that's always a, a fan favorite. Of course, they're going to be doing the Candlelight Processional. They always have, like, uh, celebrity host for the candlelight processional and there's a gospel choir that it participates with the celebrity narrator and then they add a peace on earth tag to illuminations at the end of the night 
nice. lot of cool things going on. And um, that sounds pretty. Yeah, it's always really nice. Those were the big things this week. Those were the the main notes that I really wanted to talk about. Any any other thoughts of things that they you saw this le- week? Should release rats into the park because it's the cast of Ratatouille. <laughs> Yeah, and they could, like, be carrying pizza and, like, <laughs> spaghetti and pizza rat from New York. But also, like, it's all the star. dishes, like hot dogs and p- and spaghetti and... Pizza rat's the rat- celebrity. Actually, ratatouille stuff. <laughs> you guys are full of terrible ideas really today. At this point, I think we'll wrap up this segment. We're going to head straight over to M34D. And then we'll be back with you for a final segment where we have a very special topic we're going to talk about today. So stick with us. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. You have arrived at M34D. What does that stand for? Monday Morning Monorail, Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And I know what you're thinking. It's been a couple of weeks, and there has been no Dawes, but I've got something to tell y'all, and maybe he'll tell you himself. Today, we have a special guest. Who is it? It's Mickey Mouse, everybody. <laughs> Wait, no, it's it's me, Landon Doan. He is back, the notorious one, the one who some some believe didn't exist, but here it is. Proof is in the pudding. He is here with us today. Landon, welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. Uh, glad to be back on the Monday Morning Monorail. Um, morning being the operative word here, that's actually why I haven't been on the last couple. This thing is early, y'all. I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> And, and and me and mornings don't don't generally get along. Yeah, well, but maybe that might change. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we glad we need to be to, back regardless. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we we, we need to get on a different uh, recording strategy instead of recording just hours before we go live to the feed. Right? It's just it's it's not yeah. a great strategy getting up at five a.m. I guess, but. Uh, no, no, not not unless you're like a morning drive time show. We haven't like we that. haven't figured out how this whole podcast thing works. Maybe we'll crack it at nope. some point. <laughs> we're hoping this uh, this how do you pronounce it? Podcast. <laughs> we're really hoping this 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 thing takes off, guys. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Landon, let's get into it. You know, one of the things that we love to do is feature. Actually, that's what this is all about. Anyway, feature one of the many amazing attractions from the Walt Disney World Resort, right here on M34D. And today, of course, that's going to be no different. We are sticking with day one Magic Kingdom attractions and kind of working our way. We're, we're trying to, to stay in the same general area of the park as well, so so still over in, in uh, the Adventureland area. And today, I teased it last week, and, and you know what? I'm not the kind, of, I'm not the kind of, to pull a rug out from under anybody, so... Uh, I think we're going to talk some. Pod teaser. I'm, I'm a pod teaser, but I'm, I, you know, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver oh, today, okay. right. and we're going to talk Jungle Cruise. Yeah, everybody, put your Jungle Cruise hats on. Yeah, you got to have the safari hats. It's time to set sail, my friends. And it the... is in the safari, so it, I would suggest like SPF 5000. Oh least. yeah, oh yeah, and take your mosquito spray, like your bug spray, your nets, your citronella, whatever it is you need. You better pack it because we are getting ready to embark on a 10 minute journey through. Not one, not two, not three, but four rivers Count them four. of the world. This is an interesting ride because this is one of those rides that, I guess like many of the day one uh, Walt Disney World attractions, were, were somewhat of a pet project of Walt Disney himself. I say that because Walt had a passion for um, exploring the world and, and learning more about nature and, and really uh, bringing those, the, the information and, the, and that kind of experience to people where they could really touch it and feel it and see it firsthand. You know, the Jungle Cruise itself is actually based on um, an award-winning True Life Adventure Films series that, uh, that Walt Disney was involved in. And he wanted, he, actually, originally the idea was that you really were going to experience kind of a real-world situation because they wanted real animals on this thing. 
Oh boy! Wow. Uh, as uh, as somebody who is not an insurer but has uh, you know watched them on TV, that just seems like a logistical nightmare. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think that while you know you can hop over to the Animal Kingdom now and experience something like Kilimanjaro safaris and and see actual real life animals today, although you know maybe. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're an- just really advanced <laughs> animatronics, and they've got it. Yeah, they're, they're them avatar animatronics we heard so much about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, we're going to go with real. But if you've ever ridden Kilimanjaro safaris, one thing you know for sure, especially from what I hear, people who ride the evening excursions, um, sometimes those animals don't cooperate. They don't come out and want to put on a show for everybody, and, and they're they're either napping or or, or you know, Heading for the barn at one point. So. Yeah, I was I was going to interject here, even as somebody who's done it in the middle of the day. I've been on that thing, uh, Kilimanjaro Safari, three-ish times. I've yet to see an actual lion on that safari. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> they're you, always just chilling out. So you can't control the experience. Um, you, it's it's unpredictable, and and not only that, as you mentioned, from an insurance perspective, it could be unsafe because. I don't know. If and you... especially, especially on the Jungle Cruise, because uh, if you think about it, like particularly when you're like, what, 36 ish inches away from a crocodile, that just seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. If it's a real one. Right. You just can't do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just can't do it, guys. I'm sorry. Crocodiles get cranky. And uh, mm-hmm. and so do hippos. Even in the Florida heat. That's right. And so do hippos. Hippos are not friendly creatures. Uh, contrary Rhino. to they look They look like you, you know, they're all snuggly and you want to give them a hug, although they look kind of like they stink. I'm sure they do, um, but uh, no. There was that one Disney cartoon where uh, those hippos uh, were wearing uh, tutus. So I know there's that. I know, and that gives you a false sense of these are our friendly characters that you'd want to interact with. But trust me, you do. What not. could possibly go wrong? They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to stand up and, and, and do a pirouette. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So in, in order to create a consistent experience for everybody that rode the ride, and also a predictable experience, and reduce the risk of litigation they decided to go with animatronic animals on this ride and you know thank goodness that they did and and they the animals that you see you know you ride the ride today and i I think they they hold up i mean of course you know you can kind of tell when it looks like you know the hippo is is moving just in a certain direction and, and doesn't, you know, necessarily going back and forth on a track or, <laughs> yeah. or you can, you can see the same elephant do the he- uh, same head bobbing motion four times uh, as you pass through the secret elephant lagoon or whatever. Yeah. The elephant, um, the elephant spa, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Indian elephant bathing pool. That's look right. <laughs> but, but regardless, the animals look pretty good. You know, they, they pass the mm-hmm. test of getting up close to them. And if, if you didn't know if it was a, especially if someone took a steel shot, it might look like something that was a, a real animal. So, well, and, and on the flip side, like I want to call out specifically the tiger model. Like when you, when you go through the ruins, that is still like, I've seen it so many times, but every time I see it, it's still one of those wow moments that, that, that it seems like only Disney can pull off. Like, like yeah. th- that animatronic in particular, I think holds up so well. That's right. I think so too. So when you step onto the jungle cruise, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a time travel situation because they actually set the theme to be kind of depression area, British outpost um, out on the Amazon river. And it's actually the jungle cruise is operated by a fictional company called the jungle navigation company. Um, and you'll see their advertisements painted on a wall near the exit of the attraction. And then one of, one of my favorite things about uh, pre-ride is in the queue, you'll notice they've got kind of a radio broadcast that's playing. And you're going to hear a DJ named Albert Awall uh, that's kind of, you know, controlling the experience. He's giving you some announcements from around the Amazon, you know, out in the wild, what's going on out there. He even maybe potentially mentions a archaeologist named Indiana Jones um, in some of his updates. I've heard of him. Yeah, and then he'll play some old, you know, um, turn-of-the-century type, you know, music on on the radio. And and that's part part of the immersion, and it's something that I really enjoy. I know that the the Jungle Mm -hmm. Cruise uh, cue music is one of those that, I've actually downloaded myself, and I kind of <laughs> I kind of enjoy it's it's really good background music. So, you know, it's we talk about all the time, like the the theming and immersion that that Disney Disney it's the Disney difference that we talk about the Disney details, mm-hmm. and yep. and they start telling you that story as soon as you get in the queue. 
Well, and I, I think you can actually thank engineer Imagineer uh, Harper Goff for that because he was very uh, he was very prevalent in the forming of the Jungle Cruise and everything around it. He uh, you were um, making reference to the uh, films that Walt Disney was a part of. He uh, himself Harper made references to the African Queen several times in the idea about the vehicle rides uh, and everything around it. So I think I think we have uh, some thanks to give to Harper Goff for that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, that, that's just part of the experience before you ever get on the boat. But, you know, once you step onto the boat, that's where the experience can potentially change from one ride to the next. And I will land and you, you partic- <laughs> in particular wanted to speak on this just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Before we started recording this, I said uh, one of the reasons I love this ride is because you can ride it a hundred times and there's a pretty good possibility it's going to be different a hundred times. I mean, you're going to follow the same track. You're going to see the same animals, but what makes it different is it is led by a live human. And yeah, they have a script to follow, but part of the lure of the jungle cruise, at least for me is the ad lib in the skipper and the way the skipper will play with the audience or I call it his audience rather I guess the people on the boat. It's and a bit like, of a captive audience. <laughs> it really is a captive audience. And and I'll say part of my enjoyment of that ride does have to, it, like, like part of my enjoyment is on me and my fellow, uh, you know, passengers. Because if, if the skipper's up there, you know, throwing puns out every other second and they just fall flat, that isn't fun. But 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 if you're part of a, uh, a boat that's, you know, laughing along and interacting and, and, and if the, the Nile goes on... And and uh, and if it keeps going on, what does that put you on? Denial. No, you're in Africa. Pay attention. <laughs> like 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 stuff like that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, while they have some scripted jokes that they're gonna throw out there, one of, you're exactly right. Like each skipper, I think I think is encouraged to kind of put their own personality into it and and ad lib a little bit. And I oh, think I don't think you would have to. Yeah, I think there's definitely a difference between those skippers that get on and and I, I wouldn't ever accuse a skipper of going through the the motions, but maybe maybe they're more concerned about hitting the marks. Um, so they they might seem like they're a little more scripted and a little more to just just to you know stay and ride along the, the track. Yeah. yeah, like you said, waiting to hit their points. Yeah, um, but then you've got the others who just you know embrace it and uh, and really have fun with it, and I think. I think you're right. I mean, the other thing, too, is do you have a boat full of people who are, are going to just be relaxed and have a good time with it? Yeah, you know, for those of us who have been to Disney a bunch and we've ridden this ride a hundred times, we know a lot of these jokes. Of course we do. But that doesn't mean you can't sit back and laugh at them. I mean, it's... Exactly. Like, like don't be too cool for school. You're at Disney World, man. Have some fun. Yeah. Did you know that when the Jungle Cruise originally opened at Disneyland, it actually opened with a more educational and serious tone, and it wasn't until the early 60s that Disney decided to introduce more drama and lighthearted scenes? Um, hmm, I did not know that. Yeah, so they but, actually, uh, at, at, at that point, they asked their one of their animators, Mark Davis, to sketch in some humorous gags and some puns in there. So, uh, yeah. So now the I'm, way it exists. I'm guessing he got to the point... He really did. <laughs> uh, but but now, you know, as, as we know it around the world, um, it's it's a more humorous kind of a take on it. And, and, and it really is. Uh, you know, I think that we all, when we all get on the, the Jungle Cruise, we know we're going to go see a bunch of, you know, robot animals. You know, things mm-hmm. that... A bunch of animatronics. That's right. And now it definitely feels like the whole thing... It, it, it should be more tongue in cheek because you're going to see some silly things along the way, like the the jungle camp that's been um, kind of raided by the apes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yep. then, and then you see the totem pole that's got the all the safari um, members climbing up the pole, and one of them, you know, man, <laughs> I'd really hate to be the low man on that totem pole. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. And and so it's sure you could approach all that from a serious tone, but but kind of. Being in on it, the skipper being in on it, and Disney kind of like, yeah, taking the whole thing with a wink, I think just that's that's the right tone for that ride for sure. It absolutely is. And like I think for that reason right there, it sets it apart from every other ride in any of the parks. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, okay, uh, there, there are other rides that are, uh, I guess, led by a human element. Uh, the uh, Hollywood uh, Experience just closed that had several – 
human actors leading it. But I mean, they were following a script where you talked about something like the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, they have points they need to hit, but a lot of it is just ad lib. A lot of it is like go with the flow of your audience, like 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 play with what they're giving you. Yeah. And, what- and, 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 Oh, sorry. I was just going to say one of the, one of the jokes that came to mind while you were talking about that was um, as you're it's one of the early scenes that you see you're cruising through the uh, the African Congo. You look over to your left and there's a giant snake in the tree and, and the skipper will ask oh, you, yes. does like, anybody oh, anybody know what kind of snake that is? And everybody's like, oh, it's a python. I'm like, nope, it's plastic. <laughs> 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 or or better yet ah snake look out don't get too close to uh he'll develop a crush on you yeah, that one's a good one too <laughs> see and and it's like let's just openly admit these are not great jokes like like these are borderline dad jokes but when you're having fun with it and everything wrapped up in it like 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 kissy emoji face mwah, just perfect yeah you know what I'm going to compare it to, uh, and I think this is a timely comparison and somewhat tied to Disney, considering the property. Deadpool 2 just came out, right? And Deadpool is a movie that works because it's very self-aware. And and yes, they break the fourth wall constantly in that story. And it's not, I don't think it's very common for Disney itself to break the fourth wall within an attraction, but this is one where I feel like it just works perfectly, you know? And, no, absolutely. And so, and I think it's because the ride is so self-aware and, and I think that's what makes it work. Well, and, and you saying like Disney doesn't break the fourth wall and Disney doesn't go all self-aware, like Disney takes extraordinary steps to not break the fourth wall. I mean, that's that's part of part of the appeal that we talked about a few episodes ago. When you go into Disney, it is a fully enclosed experience. You are in Disney World. You are not in Orlando, Florida anymore. You are in the most magical place on Earth. So, I mean, like Disney does not break the fourth wall. So, I mean, that's that's a perfect call. This is another way that this ride differentiates itself from everything else. That's right. Um, so, I, I meant to mention, I haven't done it yet. So, of course, you start off on the A- African Congo portion of the river. You do move on to the Nile. That's where you're going to see the, the bathing elephants, the angry hippos, and the lions, and the headhunters. Uh, you move on to the... Oh, I'm sorry. I, you start with the Amazon. I skipped the Amazon. Then you move on to the African Congo, then the Nile, and then the last, you, you end up in the Mekong River, which is you get to go through an, an old shrine and actually kind of do an indoor portion of the ride, which is always pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. That's where that tiger I was referencing earlier is housed. And also the snakes. Why does it always have to be snakes? It's always got to be snakes, yeah. Um I thought this was kind of interesting, and I and I can I feel like I remember this. Um, I didn't until until I was doing some research for this particular segment. I forgot this though. The skippers used to actually carry a gun, and that <clears throat> what they would do is they would they would fire at the at some of the um, potential wildlife that might be attacking the boat at the hippos in particular. But of course, nowadays they, you know, they've retired that, and and now it's a little more lighthearted. But can you remember that? Do you remember them carrying the gun? It had blanks, and they would actually fire it into the water. I do not remember that. Uh, but hearing that, I mean, back in the day, you have to remember. I mean, in the same city, Universal Studios was trying to do that exact same thing with the original version of the Jaws ride, where mm-hmm. the uh, skipper would would fire a gun at Jaws. So I'm not surprised to hear that they uh, that Disney would do that. Or heck, I wouldn't be surprised if Universal straight up ripped that off of Disney. But at the same time, I'm also not surprised that Disney has retired guns right. in their parks. <laughs> yeah, just kind of seems like a hot button issue these days. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So another thing I wanted to mention, this is kind of a fun fact from the from the ride. As you cruise through the, the hippo pool, one of the things you're going to see is the back part of a Lockheed Model 12 airplane. And a fun fact about that particular airplane is that the front half of that plane was used in the now shut and retired forever great movie ride that you mentioned before um, in the Casablanca wow. scene. Yeah. Really? That is cool. Yeah, so kind of interesting fact there. Um, I wonder what they'll do with the front half of that plane now. You think it's on eBay? <laughs> Let me go check right now. Crap, I can't afford it. Yeah. it, it, it it's, it's not on eBay, sorry. <laughs> um, I want to give another shout-out to Bill Evans. Um, you know, one of the things that they do as you kind of move through the different areas of the world is they actually change some of the plant life that you see. 
and yeah. and so the plant life not only is it supposed to be somewhat true to the different areas that you're moving through but also in disney world they tried to get florida um plants that would thrive in the florida climate so hot summers and relatively cool winters um but you had to make sure that they had you know so it was a balance of finding plants that would work but also finding plants that fit into those different areas of of the world so like and also sometimes using local plants as well exactly yeah uh, do, you, do you know about his orange tree trick that he uh, did? I don't. Please tell me. Uh, this is this is a fun trick that uh, like like I, I do not have a green thumb at all, but I think this is a really cool trick. He uprooted local orange trees and quote unquote replanted them upside down so that the grow uh, the vines would grow on exposed roots. So I mean, just, wow. just think about you, right? Uh, and and they were uh, they were using uh, what they called character plants, which you know uh, gave the appearance of exoticism in the context of the rides. But I mean, like orange trees growing upside down, so that they're just hanging oranges wrapping around roots. That that is just cool. That is innovation, right that's there. That's pretty bu- brilliant. Yeah, that that that's uh, that's using the old noodle. Mm-hmm. That that right there, I think, is a person uh, earning the title of Imagineer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of fun facts that we learned, I don't want to steal this one from you either, but this is something that we both learned while we were doing the research for this. So, you know, as you're riding the Jungle Cruise, you might look over and think, I hope I don't fall in because this water looks pretty nasty. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. well it's probably some of that uh, really dirty water we hear that had uh, that brain-eating bacteria that's one of those fun Disney urban legends. By the way, completely false, but, but still a fun urban legend. <laughs> exactly. Well, Landon, is, you know, is that water just naturally nasty, or what's going on with that water? No, it is not naturally nasty. Uh, Disney can control the clarity of water, and not only is that cool in and of itself that Disney controls the clarity of its water, they have their own Disney word. It's called turbidity, y'all. <laughs> That's right. And, and So, okay, first of all, once again, turbidity. Uh, that is your word of the day. Hashtag turbidity. Uh, you can figure out how to spell it. Uh Actually, I, I encourage you. Uh, unique spellings, go for it. Uh, but it, it's interesting that, uh, like you said, originally you just thought, ooh, gross, this is just dirty water because this ride's been going since the 50s, and I'm sure they've cleaned it out once or twice, but <laughs> as many times uh, as, as uh, those boats run through it and it's exposed all the time, you would think just grossness gets into it. But no, Disney uh, controls the clarity of the water, and I think it's cool they've changed the, the – I, I don't want to call it the color, maybe the hue of the water over the years originally it was dyed brown but then uh, some of the chlorine was changed to a green hue and now it's a more bluish green in recent years yeah. so i mean it's like once again that is disney going above and beyond not only controlling the clarity of their water naming them controlling the clarity of their water mm. that's that that's disney y'all. yeah and it's really not the first time that they invented something and named it so it's yeah it's, that, is, that is also true but a, hashtag turbidity a very disney thing to do but you know the turbidity allows them to not only does it make it seem more authentic, like you're on a real actual river and not just floating down some man-made, you know, fiberglass tube, but, (laughs) but what it does is it hides the mechanism of the actual rails, like that the boats kind of cruising along on. And it obscures from view the, the, what you mentioned earlier, like the tracks that the animals are on under the water and things like that. So, and it also gives the water that that like depth because yeah. at, at its deepest, the water is only five feet. So, I mean, like any full or, OK, with the exception of my mom, most full grown <laughs> adults would be able to stand, you know, head to toe touching the bottom and still be OK. But I mean, going down that quote unquote river, you would think this is like. First of all, I don't want to get in it because it looks like doo doo water. Second of all, <laughs> I it, like like it might be really deep. So yeah. like. And there's crocodiles in there. And there's crocodiles. Yeah. Man, like like generally in Florida, all you have to worry about is alligators. And then when you get to Gainesville, gators. But not at Disney. you got to worry about all three. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, I was going to get into personal stories. But before we do that, did you have any other facts that you wanted to share? Or have we, ex- uh, the, have we exhausted the list? Uh, the only other fact that I really wanted to share, we've mentioned uh, Imagineers, Harper Goff, and then Bill Evans. Um, this is something I found in my own research. I want to give a shout out to Mark Davis because uh, 
Wikipedia at least credits him with uh, the creation of the Indian elephant bathing pool and the uh, rhinoceros chasing explorers up a pole. Okay. Uh, those those scenes you were talking about, uh, th- those were those were uh, his ideas. So I wanted to give a shout out to him as well. Very nice. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is there have been a couple of new developments in the, I guess, in the world. Yes. Um, one of them is that now we have a jungle-themed restaurant, a Jungle Cruise-themed restaurant called the Skipper Canteen at the Magic Kingdom, which is a place that I'm anxious to get back and try because Disney's doing a really great job of bringing in some restaurant variety to the Magic Kingdom, and this one is no exception. And it's got some things that you don't typically find um, on a menu at a Magic Kingdom restaurant. So I'm excited to get back and try that. Is it one of those sit-down restaurants? It's a sit-down. So guess what else you could have is Landon cracks open an adult beverage. You absolutely mm-hmm. could order adult beverages at that restaurant. It's truly the most magical place on earth. It is now for for those of us who said, <laughs> you know, it's great, but it's just missing one thing. Well, not anymore. Yeah, yeah I like riding roller coasters, but I like to do it when I'm just completely trashed. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be one of those. Um, no, I'm not. Like, like I guarantee you, Disney's going to charge like ten fifty for a beer. So, so that right there will make me look into sobriety. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, you know, what what would be a Disney attraction if it wasn't based on a movie, or if they didn't base a movie on it afterwards? And, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting a Jungle Cruise movie. Starring The Rock. Exactly, starring The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And it also has that weird-looking guy from Friday Night Lights in it. <laughs> so I like Friday Night Lights. I just can't remember his name. So if you're Emily Blunt also stars in it. That's right. Um, from A Quiet Place, married to John Krasinski. Um, but if you're a fan of The Jungle Cruise, you can experience some food, and then you're going to get to experience a movie. And then the question that I would have coming into the future would be, are we going to have... Is the movie going to influence the ride in any way in the future? That would be what I would know. I had not thought of that. And, I mean, this is a day one attraction, so you would think maybe that would be hands-off. But, I mean, just look at its somewhat close neighbor in the Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that movie has been... Johnny Deppified, maybe, and, and 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 I'm not one of those that you know thinks them doing that has completely ruined the ride. There's been like, but I mean, also Pirates is a ride that's been changed a lot here recently. It seems. Yeah, so, there've been a lot of updates and changes, adjustments. Yes, and and that's that's for a whole different episode, guys. We'll but, get into that. But it's like I don't know if it would be a bad thing to see a rock animatronic, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm super enthused about that. I guess it kind of depends on how they do it because I would have told yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. I would have told you the same thing about pirates uh, before they put Johnny Depp in there, and, and just that you know I don't, I don't want them changing the ride because they've got this successful movie out there. But but I think they did it in a way that works, um, and and mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not offended by Johnny Depp on the ride. In fact, I think they did it in a way that enhances it. So. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I I would agree. I I like the way they handled adding Johnny Depp. He was never the focal point of a scene right up until the end. But right. I, but I like the way they sprinkled him in the background and stuff like that. And plus, I mean, like, do you rem- do you remember the original ending of Pirates? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I just, do because it was one of those. If you remember in, in the Magic Kingdom, like the boats would sometimes get backed up, so you would be sitting there looking at the treasure room for a little while. I don't. Yeah, think, that's right. I don't think that they. I don't think they changed it that much, aside from putting, you know, Johnny Depp sitting there rocking in a chair singing the pirate song, yeah, and I'm fine with yeah, that. That's that, that's it, absolutely. And 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 like you said, he's sitting there singing the pirate song. So if you get backed up, hey, at least you can listen to Johnny Depp for you know two and a half minutes. And why the heck aren't these boats moving? <laughs> exactly. Let's get it moving, Grandpa. Come uh, on, I got a fast pass at soaring. Let's go. <laughs> that's right. In recent years, of course, I've taken my family to Walt Disney World, and we have ridden the Jungle Cruise, and I can tell you that I know it was a fun experience for them. I think that it's, in my opinion, it's something you have to do if you've never done it. I don't know that I would say it's something that you have to do. I I guess I can only speak personally. I don't feel like every time I go to Disney that I have to ride the Jungle Cruise, but it's definitely one that, you know, if I'm I'm going, I'm going to be there and I've got time, I'm going to make time for it. They, my experience has been that if you can't get a fast pass for it, the the queue is it it, Ooh, it can yes. be it can be somewhat miserable. So if the wait is longer than you know a half hour, I'm probably not going to wait for it at this point. But I was glad that my kids got to do it. I think it's a I think it's you know it's a classic Disney experience. So I would say you don't want to miss it. 
Yeah, I would echo what Jay said. It's a classic Disney experience. You don't want to miss it. But I'm going to, I guess, go kind of opposite of what you said. If you don't have a fast pass for it, you're probably not going to hang out for it because you've been on it. See, like if I'm going to Disney, I'm going to find time to go on the Jungle Cruise because like I said earlier, it's like I've been on this ride but I'm pretty sure I haven't been on this ride with this skipper leading yeah. this expedition. I want to, and, and fingers crossed, I get, you know, that one skipper who, you know, can do this backwards and forward in his or her sleep. And I'm on that perfect boat that, that plays along with everything. And it's like, yeah, I've been on this ride, but that experience right there might end up being the best part of my entire trip to Disney. So, so for that reason alone, I'm always going to try and find time for Jungle Cruise. That's fair, but I guess what I would say is if you if you look up and they say standby is an hour, are you waiting an hour for it in the, Ooh, in the heat? Um, I will say I excuse me when uh, I went with my cousin Logan, though this was his first time, so there was times where it's like you have to experience this Disney experience. I did stand in line for over an hour at Jungle okay. Cruise, so right. so I I have done that, but. God, did that line suck? <laughs> yeah, they they have done some things over the years to try to make it a little cooler and, and try to make sure that you've got some shade. But it's just there are some some things that they cannot control. And and when it's two thousand degrees in the Florida sun and humid, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's that for some reason that line to me is one of the hottest lines I, I can think of at Magic Kingdom. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but. That's maybe maybe the sun hitting the water, bouncing it off. I don't know. Maybe. I'm I, I'm no Scientologist. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, yeah that that exhausts my list. I didn't have much more to say about it. You have any any closing thoughts about the Jungle Cruise? Uh, the only thing I have to say on the way out is, and now it's what everybody is here to see: the back of water. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, that that kills me every time. I love it. <laughs> Well, Landon, thanks for joining me on the M340D to talk about Jungle Cruise. Are we going to see you again next week? Uh, I sure hope so, but I am going to jump off this Jungle Cruise into the doo-doo water, so fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good luck to you, sir. If you want to hear more from Landon, you know where to find it. That's over at buttmuchchips.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Landon, I think your stop's coming up. Thanks for joining me, my friend. Till next time, buddy. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is our final segment for episode six today. And we have a very special topic that we were going to discuss today. And that is, we, we started a couple weeks ago kicking around the idea of tacking on a little Walt Disney World micro trip onto a trip that we're already taking to the beach this summer. And we thought that it might be a good idea to do something like that so we can experience some of the things that we haven't had a chance to yet. Um, and you know, we can kind of call it a business trip now, considering. Yeah, yeah. Write it off <laughs> on our taxes, maybe. We put a couple questions out there on Twitter, and we did get some interesting ideas okay. from our, from our Disney community. I wanted to mention a couple of things. So basically, here's here's the setup. If you only had two nights to stay at Disney, and you could pick, you know, one park, one resort. One dinner reservation and then one breakfast, what would it be? And I really put that out after I had kind of asked an initial generic question. So the first question I asked was, if you take a mini trip and just do a weekend, what would you do? And we got a couple of responses. I wanted to give a shout out to at WDW Minibar, Allison on Twitter. She said that they typically make it a long weekend. They stay at Pop, get fast passes for Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot, and then hit Magic Kingdom for extra magic hours. They spend most of their time at Epcot. Okay. So, yeah, and I think uh, if you're going to go economical, Pop makes a lot of sense because yeah. that's one of the value resorts. You can get a couple nights for you know a little over a hundred bucks, and uh, and it's you know you get the the advantage staying on property of getting the bus transportation to the parks. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice add-on, and of course on Disney property, there's just something about staying on Disney property, right? Agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then you know you want to maximize park time. So she also said they get there you know, 8 or 9, 9 a.m. Friday um, to, to maximize the time and then leave by 3 or 4 on Sunday. 
Um, we got a response as well from at the mouse and more podcast. So shout out. What's up at the mouse and more. Hey y'all. <laughs> hey y'all. <laughs> if, uh, if time's that short and within budget, they said rent a car, assuming you're flying because you don't want to wait for the buses, which takes away from your time. Mm-hmm. And then whatever park you're going to, essentially, I think the idea here is whatever park you're going to stay at, pick the resort that's closest to that resort. So they stay at Epcot, at one of the Epcot resorts, and it makes it that much easier and, and more time efficient. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Makes, mm-hmm. Good sense. Yeah. And then Landaws weighed in. Oh, Landon. Yeah. We got a little shout out from Landaws on here. And he just said he's not sure how he could really enjoy it. He said, obviously, he's going to have a good time, but he's afraid he'd constantly be thinking, oh, no, I only have X amount of time left in the back of his mind. So, but then he says he could ease the pain up by getting one of those boozy infinity gauntlets. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then he would be okay. Well, so then once I officially laid out the parameters of what we were kind of looking at, and I I said, you know, if, if you could only pick, you know, one park, one resort, one breakfast, and one dinner. We got some responses there. So our first response was from another podcast. It's at Disney underscore Discuss, the Disney Discussions podcast. And they threw out the Polynesian Resort, Magic Kingdom, Skipper Canteen for dinner, and then Ohana for breakfast. Ohana is good. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. So this one makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you're staying at the Poly, so you're on the Epcot. I mean, you're on the monorail <laughs> loop um, going to the Magic Kingdom. That's super easy. You could even walk there really if you were feeling like you needed to and then skipper canteen is right there in the magic kingdom as well and that's one of those restaurants we haven't been to and you know expand out your it's a, it's actually apropos that we mentioned this after the jungle cruise was our feature on m34d because skipper canteen gives you that jungle cruise experience and that and i think that's you know that's ideal you, you've got a limited amount of time you want to be able to be close to the park you're going to and consolidate all that into one place and of course, Ohana is located at the Polynesian, so you get out of bed, you go to breakfast. Yeah. And then at Disney Gratitude One and our Disney World Vacation Your Way replied and said Polynesian, Epcot, La Cellier, and Ohana. So, La Cellier is the uh, the feature. It's like a signature restaurant in Canada in the World Showcase. It's a steakhouse. Okay. They've got some Ooh. really, really delicious food there. It's, it is one of the favorites of people who enjoy the fine dining at Epcot. I think we kind of went back and forth on that one, didn't we? We talked about possibly doing that, but we all really wanted to try Beer Garden. We did. We kicked around La Cellier when we went the last time, and we ended up going to Beer Garden. Yeah. yeah. Beer Garden was amazing, though, so I don't... I don't regret no that. No. no regret. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> but breakfast again, recommendation is Ohana. And you know, I think that's always a great recommendation. I Because as we mentioned, it doesn't get much better than having the characters brought to your table, but also having endless Mickey waffles, eggs, and bacon mm. brought to your table as mm-hmm. well. So. Yep. Yeah. And they were so kind that they gave me fruit from the back that didn't have pineapple in it. Yeah, they did. They took Thanks, care of your Disney. pineapple allergy. They, That's right. they did. So uh, my idea that I threw out was um, in order to take advantage of the fact that Toy Story Land is opening, I recommended to us <laughs> <laughs> staying at the Boardwalk Inn, which is right there on the Disney Boardwalk, taking the boat over to Hollywood Studios going to 50s Primetime Cafe for dinner, which is basically, you know, it's like a step back in time where you're sitting in your mom's kitchen and she serves you, and if you don't eat your vegetables, she yells at you. Yeah. And then for breakfast, (laughs) for breakfast, going to Trattoria Al Forno, which is on the boardwalk, and they just now started doing breakfast there, and I looked at the menu and it looked amazing. Huh. Yeah. Sounds good. So, so, uh, again, trying to maximize time and efficiency. So I asked you guys... And I know, you know, maybe you don't have the whole list fully in your mind, but let's put it this way. If you could pick one resort that you're aware of, just one, which one would you pick, McKenna? If you could only stay a couple days. Money's no object for this one. Where do you want to stay? Where do you want to stay? What's the lodge? There's the, a lodge. Yeah. Are you talking about the Animal Kingdom Lodge? Yeah. Where they have the savannah and you can look out and see the giraffes. Yeah, I would stay at the lodge. Okay. I love animals. So would your, that being the case, would your one park be the Animal Kingdom? I don't think so, because I, you know, I'm, Animal Kingdom is really cool. Actually, it might be the Animal Kingdom because of the Avatar place now, the whole Avatar area. Pandora, and I, yeah. yeah. Haven't been there yet, and they have crazy food. So, yeah, I would stay at the lodge. I love animals so much. The other one is the Wilderness Lodge. I didn't know if that's what you were talking about, but that's the one where you can take the boat over to the Magic Kingdom. See, I think I was thinking the Wilderness Lodge, but I would 
would prefer to stay at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Okay. The Wilderness Lodge would be something that was in my mind, though. Okay. And is every room at the Animal Kingdom Lodge looking out over the, the savannah? Area? No. See, not that would room. be if a requirement. Money was not an option. It's not an object. Uh, no uh, object. Uh, hey, <laughs> welcome if, to my world. <laughs> if money's not an option. You're not staying anywhere. No, you're right. <laughs> money was on, uh, like, okay, not yes. Why. An object. Yes. M- money's no object, yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you have a restaurant you'd want to eat at? I know that you haven't, you don't know the full list of all what, you know, what the options are, but based on things we've experienced and what you're, what you're aware of, do you have one you'd pick? Like, do you know in the Animal Kingdom, would you want to eat at the Satuli Canteen, which is the Avatar restaurant? Yeah, I would want to eat at the Avatar because they have crazy food there, right? Isn't it Indian and African? No, that's Tusker House. That's, that sounds so cool. I would eat at the Satuli Canteen is the one that's in Pandora, and it's so it's the one that has kind of the Avatar-inspired dishes. Okay, didn't know they had dishes. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Entrees. Yeah. Do you have a breakfast choice, or do you know? I don't know about breakfast. I would eat at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and I would get a a leg of lamb for (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) A rack of lamb. lamb. A big thing of lamb ordered to my room for breakfast. And then you would claim you didn't eat the whole thing yourself. Shush (laughs) your mouth hole. Garrett? Um, Art of animation. Okay. Art of animation is your resort. And I would eat breakfast at... You like the landscape of flavors? It's an underrated cafeteria. It's really good. I would also swim at Art of Animation. Yeah, it's a good way to spend some time. And then what resort or what park would you go to? Uh, What's the closest? Well, Art of Animation is a little bit out of the way. I think it's closest to Animal Kingdom, Uh, but it's all buses. I'd want to go to Epcot. You'd want to go to Epcot. Do you have a restaurant you liked? What was your favorite restaurant we ate at? I don't remember many. Um, You picked Epcot as your park? Yeah. Um, I like that one where there was the weird aliens singing. The weird aliens singing? <laughs> yeah, oh, you're yeah. talking about Cosmic Rays yeah, that was at cool. Magic Kingdom. Okay. That was funny, but what's in Epcot, isn't it? Well, all the different countries. Yeah. So you can eat, if you wanted, you know, food from around the world, you can pick any of those places. Um, and then, of course, remember you ate at, we ate at Sunshine Seasons, which had, was that cafeteria where they had Sunshine all the food. Sunshine Seasons was awesome. They, oh, I loved that. Yeah. I ate all the green beans. <laughs> you did. <laughs> okay. Well, well, then why don't you pick Sunshine Seasons since you're at mm-hmm. Epcot? Okay. That'll work. Have you had some time to think about it, Mom? Yeah. So, I would really like to stay at the beach resort. The beach club? Beach club thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looked really cool. And I felt a little disappointed whenever we accidentally walked through the beach swimming area and we're told that you had to be. uh, Well, we tried to and they wouldn't let us. Yeah. Yeah. You had to be staying at the. It's one of the only pools on property that they don't just let anyone who's staying on the resort. Like they're pretty strict about it. Yeah. Because it's a really nice pool. It's the sandy bottom pool. It's so cool. I really would like to stay there. Um, and you wanted to go to Beaches and Cream. Um, so that's my dinner. I want to get the kitchen dinner, sink. That's dinner. <laughs> okay. I want the kitchen sink for dinner, and then for breakfast would be a belly ache. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I do want to try Tusker House. Mm-hmm. Um, so would your park be Animal Kingdom? Yeah, I think so. Just because it has the whole new... Pandaria. Pandora. <laughs> See? I'm on it. Pandora, Pandora, the world of Avatar. Just call it Avatar Land. Pandaria. Yeah. That's World of Warcraft. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> um, so, uh, and for breakfast, you know, I am I can pretty much go anywhere um, that there's a bagel. I'm not too worried. Well, if we're staying at Beach Club, there's also a really nice bakery on the boardwalk. That I would do wanna, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it'd be cool to be over at the boardwalk. So. Yeah, I think all those are good options. I, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about it. So if, if I only had a, a weekend, money's no object. Here's what I think I would do. I think I would stay at the uh, Contemporary Resort because it's one of my favorites. It's really cool to have the monorail going right through the lobby. Yeah. I My park would be Epcot. Okay. I think for dinner, I would choose... Let's go La Cellier since that was recommended to us. Yeah. And, and that's one we thought about before. So, and it is really good. And then my breakfast, we're saying, oh, well, you got to do Chef Mickey's and have the character breakfast. That would be in fun. the contemporary resort. Yeah. That is efficiency, my friends. 
Transportation taken care of, everything located all in one place. Mine's the most efficient. It's the most inefficient. No, because I'm staying at a hotel where I get breakfast to my room, and then I go out, and I'm at the park. Well, you got to ride a bus over to the park. It's not very far. Yeah. The Animal Kingdom lodges, if you're going to Animal Kingdom, it's close, but otherwise it's a little out of the way for the other ones. Garrett's was inefficient because he wants to go to Epcot, but he wants to eat dinner at Cosmic Rays at the Magic Kingdom, so I guess we're getting a park hopper in that case. Yeah, I couldn't do it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're adding some outdoor seating to Cosmic Rays, which I think is interesting because I feel like part of the experience there is getting to be serenaded by Sunny Eclipse right there in the dining room. I wonder if they're going to pipe the music out, you know, into the out onto the patio or maybe they'll add a robot that can sing to you outside. Or or there're going to be like screens. Maybe. That show them. Maybe so. Like a Although, live camera, a hologram. There you go. A hologram. I didn't I mean, you guys really like the food at Cosmic Rays? I think the food is fine. I think the show was I just think it's a, I think it's a cool restaurant. I do it's like It's cool, I, I but like, I don't know. I mean, the food, if I'm going and this is like where I get to go and the only place I get to go, I don't think I would oh, want that to We happen. know what you would pick. You're going to go I'm, get that lobster roll. I'm oh. serious. It's not even funny <laughs> that I still haven't had a lobster roll from Disney World. Yeah. Come on. Mm. I wanted that thing and Instead I didn't get we one. Ate at what the, the, um, the Pecos, Mexican restaurant. No, Pecos, Pecos, Pecos Bill. Bill. And it wasn't even Mogwai's restaurant. <laughs> Mogwai's restaurant. <laughs> Whatever. Leave me alone. <laughs> There's a whole story to the lobster roll that we are definitely going to have to tell in the future. Well, I think the lesson is if there's one thing that you really want to do, and this is this is probably appropriate for this topic, if there's one thing that you have on your checklist that you really have to do in your short Disney trip... Don't wait for the parade to pass by to get the, no. <laughs> the nighttime parade. Of course, right now they don't have. I think they're they don't have a nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom, so you wouldn't run into this. Mm. They haven't brought one back yet. Yeah, didn't make it. Only time to get one, and we didn't make it. And it was just one turn. Yeah, the around com- the corner. So the so the lobster roll story is we were trying to get to the Columbia Harbor House, and as we started to head over there, the nighttime parade the Main Street electrical, electrical Parade started moving through, and we we got cut off, or what we thought it our wasn't path was really cut a off cut off from from the Columbia we Harbor. We stopped, House. <laughs> and, and uh, by the time the parade cleared out and they opened up traffic again, we get over there and it was closed. And that's the only thing I asked for the while only we thing were you there. Asked for, and you didn't get it. I didn't get it. I was so sad. I don't even know if the lobster roll is still on the menu at the Columbia Harbor House. All right, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. You guys ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. We may really have ruined that for you. Uh, it's just, it's awful. All right, so just a quick Google, and they do still have the lobster roll, so it's not out of the question. Yet. Okay, okay. We have to go get that soon. Mm-hmm. I really like lobster rolls, and I really want to try one from there. We'll make a special trip down just so Garrett can go see Cosmic Ray and then you can go get a lobster roll. Okay. Sounds like a good day. Sounds good to me. (laughs) All right. Well, if you guys have some suggestions of how you would do a micro trip to the Walt Disney World Resort, I would love for you to interact with us. You can do that on Twitter at Morning Monorail. You can email us mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. And you can call the voicemail, which I'll give you the number on the outro. So wait, you have to listen to that because I can't remember what it is right now off the top of my head. So before we go, any final thoughts for the day? Uh, we need live bears and real World. animals in the Magic Kingdom. You need to open the door and a bunch of bears come out. So are you suggesting that like the Country Bear Jamboree should all just be real bears yes. Yes. with banjos? <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, bloop, 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 <laughs> and then they like throw it. And they're not, like, caged in. They just no, let them no. out on the yeah, stage. They, they just let the parents walk out on the They stage. crowd surf when they're <laughs> done. Like, there, could be, there could be instruments on the stage, and the bears can interact with the instruments if they want. Oh, slam, rub their would, back on the on a keyboard. People would come in there holding, like, their, you know, snacks they picked up <laughs> around the park, and the bears would be interacting with people for sure. Oh, my gosh. This is mm. a good idea. This is a terrible idea. You throw roses at them, and they just, like, eat the roses. Replace the mascots with actual animals. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is just a mouse. <laughs> yeah, just have a mouse running around. 
<laughs> battle ducks, just a, a big <laughs> duck. It's just a duck. Got like some Goofy's dogs. a dog. So is Pluto. So. Hey, I wanted to mention, I saw some videos of Donald's Dino Bash out at the Ma- Animal Kingdom um, in Dino Land. And you can you get to meet a lot of cool characters. Launchpad McQuack is there. Um, Chip and Dale are dressed up as dinosaurs. They've got like dinosaur onesies on. They look really cute. Scrooge McDuck is there. But one of the things... Is cool. Yeah, one of the things I thought was pretty cool. And of course, Donald's there in like safari gear. But Pluto is there, but he's not like a character meeting. He's actually playing in the like Dino Dig area, and you just get to go play with Pluto. That's cool. You can get your picture made and stuff, but he's over there just playing with the kids. I yeah. think that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's, that's fun. Is he a real dog? He is a real dog. But like, hey, a real dog. <laughs> you know the answer to that. Should so. be. All right. Well, thank you all for listening again. We've had a great time. I hope you had a good time with us. I invite you to come back again next week, and we will do this all again. Woo woo! Yep. So for Sam, Garrett, McKenna, and Justin, this has been the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all.